This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit, in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest, and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lott and Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest hosts and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. Welcome to America's Roundtable. Welcome to America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. It is Saturday morning. And this weekend on America's Roundtable, we have the honor of hosting a distinguished guest, former U.S. Congressman Tom Garrett from the Commonwealth of Virginia, who's bringing to the forefront the plight of the 70 million people and hundreds of millions around the world facing persecution, and it is brought to us through their new documentary series, Exile. As a U.S. Army soldier, he served in Bosnia in 1997, helping to protect young Muslim children. As a first-term member of Congress, he was instrumental in getting Sudan to release Christian pastors from prison and in bringing their families to the United States. Congressman Garrett connected them with churches in his district to help them create a new start in America and practice their beliefs without fear of imprisonment. In his new project, former Congressman Garrett, exposes the global crisis of religious and ethnic persecution. They are crowdfunding this project, and a trailer can be seen on YouTube and other online platforms. Former Congressman Garrett has been to Iraq, Syria, and other difficult places and has hours of footage of young women fighters who are taking up arms against ISIS. He also focuses on the plight of the Uyghurs in China, where genocide is taking place today. And former Congressman Tom Garrett has teamed up with Matt Whitworth, the documentary filmmaker known for HBO's The Swamp. And without any further delay, we extend to former Congressman Tom Garrett a warm welcome Welcome to America's Roundtable. Good morning, Congressman Garrett. Welcome, Congressman Garrett. Thank you guys for having me. I, I think I'm a repeat guest, so I feel particularly honored and humbled. We truly appreciate your time indeed. Congressman Garrett, in America and around the world, we have witnessed assaults on our natural rights protected by the U.S. Constitution and the erosion of freedom, and more specifically in difficult places around the world in some major countries, including China on one hand, and war-torn countries like Syria and other places, religious liberty is under attack. Jews, Christians, Muslims, tracing their roots to Abraham are being targeted. And according to a published report, 70 million refugees around the world have been displaced from their own homes due to religious persecution. And Tom, in a recent report, you said, and I quote, the media, the world's eye, has been taken away from humanitarian issues and causes. Bad actors know that now's the time because we're distracted. And so we've taken our eye off the proverbial ball and it's definitely gotten worse, unquote. Congressman Garrett, why are we in this place whereby major media, billionaires in America, major social media, 
media platforms and even elected officials are deliberately looking the other way and giving a free pass to these authoritarian regimes and bad actors. Tragically, a lot of humanity has chosen money, and I shouldn't probably even call them humanity, has chosen money over human life and over human rights. And that's the crux of it. Uh, U.S. foreign policy since the end of the Second World War has been dictated by placating the largest actor in a particular region to get what we deem to be in our strategic interest without regard to outcomes for minority communities. Now, we have had trouble in some ways seeking funding because some groups want us to focus exclusively on Christians, and I am a Christian, or are upset about the idea that we would focus on you know, persecution of homosexuals or what have you. But my Bible tells me that I should help people. And so this is really about minority rights, but really and truly the single largest indicator of probable oppression is your faith. Whether you are a Hindu in Pakistan or a Muslim in India or, God forbid, a Christian in either country, whether you're a Rohingya in Myanmar or or a Uyghur in China, uh, this is how uh, totalitarian leaders seek to pit groups against another to get their populace to take their eye off of the failures in the leadership. Look, it's that group's fault, right? We saw this in the Second World War. And until uh, the West, and specifically led by the United States, says we will not turn a blind eye to the persecution of minority groups, specifically but not exclusively religious minority groups, it's going to continue tragically because it works. And I'll, I'll close with this. We're on the eve of an Olympiad in China where you can bet that the Communist Party has done everything they can do to put forth the best image that they can to the world, and Airbnb and Intel and American corporate interests, indeed the IOC, are either intentionally or inadvertently in league with them, right? So that's the thing. I said I'd close with my last statement. We're crowdfunding this series, not because it's not good. If people will go to exileseries.com, exileseries.com, and look at the trailer, it's world-class stuff. We're working with with decorated filmmakers and post-production crew who've, who've worked on projects that were awarded. The big production houses have said, well, we won't do it if you can't do it without talking bad about China or the Gulf states. Can you do it without talking bad about China? And I said, we could do a doc about the Beatles without talking about John Lennon, but it'd be a crappy documentary. So, so we have to crowdfund this. We're making this movie this way because Hollywood won't make it. And it just, it drives me nuts. Right. And what you said, Tom, it's really about money over human rights. Uh, Because when we look at China, and China has been accused of committing crimes against humanity and genocide against the Uyghur population that you just mentioned. And uh, China detained more than one million Uyghurs against their will in their re-education camps. Uh, There are also uh, reports of forced labor and of women being forcibly sterilized. Some former camp detainees have also alleged that they were tortured and sexually abused. So, you know, what are we teaching our children, the next generation, that the truth is not important and that we do not abide by any principles which are valuing life and liberty? So, again, it comes down to a question of values, and this is the circumstance where large entities and decision makers, and all too often it appears that our government is driven by corporate interest, Right, which is funny because the left used to rail against corporate interests, but right now, in fascism, the state controlled the corporations. In the U.S. today, it looks like the corporations control the state. It's a value decision where money has been placed ahead of these things, and and let me just expand on that. It's not sexually abused; it's gang raped. 
right? And the Uyghurs just are the latest on, on a list of minority groups that have been horribly persecuted and murdered by the Chinese government with whom we do business, with whom President Biden in his press conference the other day said, we're seeking to find ways to lift tariffs, right? It's disgusting to me. But if you look at the Fulan Gong, if you look at a society where if a powerful person needs a kidney, they just find a match and go and take it from them. If you look at the church, which there are two churches in China, there's the state-sanctioned church, which parrots what the Communist Party tells them to, and then there are the people who huddle in the darkness of their of their closets and their kitchens to pray. So what we want to do with Exile Series at ExileSeries.com, what we want to do is shine a light on this, because I, I don't think that the, the Western public, the American public, left or right, would turn a blind eye on this inhumanity and injustice on this scale. If they knew about it, it's about telling the story so that people start to care. Right. And also to expose this uh, double standards. Uh, as we know, uh, New York Times reported a year ago about Coca-Cola and Nike lobbying Congress to weaken a bill that would ban imported goods made with Uyghurs being tortured for labor in China's Xinjiang region, while at the same time, opposing a voter ID as a requirement for voting in the U.S. I mean, the double standards by these companies, it just, it has to be exposed. And truly, if we want to be honest with ourselves, banning importation from Xinjiang province is like spitting on a forest fire, right? It's not going to do any good because China operates as a nation, and that is a small scintilla of uh, their export, it, it actually might have the effect of hurting the people that it's intended to help. We ought to bite the bullet, right? Because we'll suffer as well as the Chinese and look at China as a whole, because I can assure you their policy isn't being formulated in a remote northwestern province. It's being formulated in Beijing. I was sitting on the Eden Workforce Committee and, and, and Mike Rowe, who does the TV series or did the TV series Dirty Jobs, came in. And for the first time in my tenure in Congress, every single seat was filled in the committee room. And every single member was in the room. We had a Nobel laureate in the week before, and nobody was there. You know, the members come in long enough to give their five-minute talk and then go back and tell their constituents, look what I said. But when when we had a, a television personality in there, everybody, Democrat and Republican, wanted to be there and hear what he had to say. Mike Rowe started by saying, look, I'm not an expert. I just care about this stuff. But everybody was there. So Aristotle said, you give me the storytellers, I'll give you the future. These stories aren't being told. The, the U.N., which is not a friend to the church, has said that, that persecution of Christians, particularly but not exclusively in Africa, is reaching genocidal levels, right? There are at least 15 people killed for their faith every day just amongst Christians. If you start looking at oppression of Muslims, if you start looking at oppression of Jews, etc., it only gets worse. And, I mean, we could talk about Zoroasters or Yazidis or, or, or other faiths, but people in the West haven't even heard of them. Essentially, the Yazidi population in Iraq and Syria was nearly exterminated under ISIS, and nobody lifted a finger until years after it started. It's disgusting. In just a few short weeks, Tom, commencing on February 4th through the 20th, China will be hosting the Winter Olympics, as you mentioned, and leading voices in America, including yourself, and uh, in fact, uh, Secretary Mike Pompeo and others, are encouraging American athletes to boycott next month's games in Beijing. Former Secretary Pompeo stated that the Biden administration has called only for a diplomatic boycott of the games, citing human rights concerns in, inside China. But according to published reports in late December, Chinese 
officials call the move baffling, noting that the U.S. was still requesting visas for U.S. government officials to attend the games. And Tom, what are the practical ways in which Americans, American citizens, voters, consumers should respond to those who are concerned about genocide in China and the Communist Party's persecution of religious groups and even independent leaders in Hong Kong? Well, what I'd like to see is not these young men and women who've worked their whole lives for the opportunity to compete in the Winter Olympics boycott, because that move should have been made a long time ago, right? The world could have had competitions that would have replicated the outcome of the Olympics, world championships elsewhere, if they'd have started a long time ago. What I think would be amazing is if these talented young men and women who compete would use the medal podium as an opportunity to exercise their First Amendment rights, albeit on foreign soil, and after they've won their events, stand up for freedom, stand up for liberty, stand up against oppression, stand up for women's rights, for religious rights. Um, Because I don't think the Chinese are going to start detaining American speed skaters, right? That, to me, would be the ultimate. But, you know, Jesse Owens, when the Nazis hosted the Olympics, as a black man winning events when Hitler sought to show the world his superior race, really made a strong statement simply by winning and standing up and saying, look, here I am, right? You can't argue with this. And that's what I would hope that that our athletes would do. Our leadership tragically failed long ago. Well, obviously, the U.S. boycotted the 80 Olympics under Carter and then the Soviet Union in 84. It didn't work well, but we had a long runway on this, guys. I mean, it's not like we're just waking up to figure out that the Chinese murder and imprison and rape their most vulnerable. And oh, by the way, we keep our inflation down. We keep our economy strong by depending upon the fruits of this. You know, shame on us. Uh, When you go to buy a product, if you can look for where it's made on the product and pay a few cents more to buy something not made in China, you're helping humans. And if we all do that, it will make a difference. Indeed. That's right. Tom, uh, let us just shift to Russia and Ukraine crisis right now. Uh, Russia has been building up its troops on the border with Ukraine with an estimated 100,000 troops raising concerns of potential invasion. And this invasion can be averted if America and NATO drop the idea of Ukraine becoming a NATO member. According to the Wall Street Journal, CIA Director Bill Burns quietly visited Germany and Ukraine ahead of Secretary of State Blinken's visit this past week. And it appears that we are pressuring Germany to shut down the recently completed Nord Stream 2 in case Russia does invade Ukraine. Uh, Nord Stream 2 is a natural gas pipeline transporting gas from Russia to Germany. And closing of the Nord Stream pipeline would hurt Russia in significant lost revenue. However, it may hurt Germany and Europe even more, uh, since Germany receives 50% of its gas imports from Russia, and the European Union received one-third of its gas imports from Russia. So Germany depends heavily on Russia's gas, not just for heating, but also for power generation after it abandoned nuclear power. Tom, what are your thoughts about America's insistence on Ukraine becoming a NATO member and placing our European allies at the mercy of Russia? So I listened to the president's press conference the other day. It's interesting that we're talking about a pipeline that wasn't approved by a president who was accused of having been in bed with the Russians that was approved by this president, right? I mean, that pipeline doesn't exist but for the United States greenlighting it within the last year. At least it's not turned on. My passion is history going back thousands of years, and it's informative. You don't have to go back that far to understand the paradigm there. Shutting down that pipeline would hurt the U.S. because it would put demand on gas and petroleum beyond that which already exists. 
However, it's the right thing to do. That said, having served in the military for nearly six years, I can tell you that the Ukrainians have had an awful lot of time to place static and mobile defenses. And if we would just open the pipeline and allow them the assets that they would need to defend themselves, I think the Russians might have to think twice. Um, the Obama administration during the first incursions into Ukraine uh, provided blankets and food. Uh, the Trump administration provided javelin missiles. I know which I'd rather have in a gunfight. If the Biden administration and the rest of the West is willing to allow Ukraine to defend itself, I think we might be able to avert this or see it truncated. If you study on the Winter War, you know, Finland, a nation much smaller with far fewer resources than Ukraine, absolutely beat the heck out of the Soviet Union uh, at the beginning of the Second World War before ultimately capitulating some land. Uh, but Ukraine can defend itself. Everything that I'm espousing, I want to be apolitical because if the left and the right can't agree that the most vulnerable among us have a right to live without fear in the place of their birth, then we're lost already. Um, so I don't want to politicize this. Um, but these are things that can be done without sending American young men and women abroad if we make the right decisions on the front end, right? So generally speaking, and you can look to Neville Chamberlain, et cetera, uh, generally speaking, oftentimes conflict can be averted through advanced preparation and awareness. We seem to have blinders on, and that too often in history has a death toll. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it was interesting to read a piece that was published years ago, actually, in 2014, whereby former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger uh, said, Ukraine must be entitled to choose its economic system and even in association with the European Union. And he also mentioned that Ukraine should not join NATO and that Ukraine should model itself on Finland, that is to become neutral. Uh, but at the same time, Ukraine is not a bastion of the rule of law, free markets, or protection of property rights. And uh, I think that's where we're having this struggle with people saying, why should Americans, America's sons and daughters be placed in harm's way when a country like Ukraine, which is working towards becoming freer, is still having such serious problems of actually upholding the rule of law in its own country? Well, if the paradigm is either we give the breadbasket of Europe, which is Ukraine, to Russia, or we send troops, then it's a tough paradigm. But I think there's a third a third path, and that is to let the Ukrainians have the assets they need to create a circumstance wherein Russia has to think twice. Right. Mm. I mean, there is precedent for this. The last people who want to get into a war are people who've been in them. Exactly. And, and I'm going to break my arm and myself on the back for a second. I wasn't instrumental in the release of the two Sudanese pastors. I was the only guy working for it. Right. I got involved after we, as a collective group of dozens and dozens of members of the House and Senate, gotten a Czech national uh, Petr Yashik out of Sudan. And I called him on the phone in Prague and said, how are you? And he said, well, I'm fine, but my colleagues are still in prison. And, and then I did this by myself. That's when I realized that the most meaningful work I could ever do was helping people who couldn't help themselves. And, and so my interest in sort of politics began to decline. And my interest in sort of being a storyteller and advocate for the helpless began to increase. And, and that's what we're doing here with Ukraine, right? It's, it's, it's that the Ukrainians, and I got to plug the series because we're crowdfunding at exileseries.com. It's that the Ukrainians have the resources, the manpower, woman power, the economic power to defend themselves. We've kept them from doing it. 
And and now we're at a point where we've got U.S. senators openly contemplating tactical nuclear weapons. Are you are you kidding me? Let's let the Ukrainians do the Ukrainians' job. I don't think they're going to roll over for the Russians, and I don't think the Russians can walk through uh, an armed and trained Ukraine. And it is really hard to take something that's self-sustaining, right? Ukraine has the food, they have the resources, where they've had months, if not years, to prepare for your incursion, your invasion. And for our listeners who have just joined us, we have Congressman Tom Garrett joining us. He served in the U.S. Congress and also is a U.S. Army veteran. Former Congressman Tom Garrett has been working on a documentary series called The Exile, and we're encouraging our listeners to certainly visit your online uh, search engines and uh, just check out Exile, the trailer, and uh, they also have an opportunity for you to be a part of this by funding this private sector initiative. Let me interject. It is, it, it's virtually impossible to find it in Google because there are other movies named Exile. It's exileseries.com. You can find the trailer by going to YouTube and searching Exile Tom Garrett, but exileseries.com is the sure way to find it. Uh, Tom, uh, you served in the United States Army and spent time in the Balkans. And the money laundering by corrupt officials in the Balkan countries and now NATO members elevates America's national security threat to a new level. Uh, The Balkan route is known for heroin, arms, and human trafficking. And reports by the United Nations in the past indicated that Balkan heroin trafficking was bringing more than $28 billion annually, providing financing for Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Taliban, and ISIS, since 90% of the world production of opium is coming from Afghanistan. So how can $28 billion generated by heroin trafficking annually be deployed if not through a Western financial and corporate entities. So we have the anonymous offshore and shell companies and banking accounts which hide the beneficial ownership and are perfect vehicles to launder money for organized crime and facilitating terrorism financing. So as you mentioned earlier, we need to be prepared. So instead of America sending our troops to Afghanistan and Iraq, we should have used our financial and investigative expertise in order to follow the money flow and break those banks by removing their dollar license so to reduce and eventually eliminate drug trafficking and terrorism financing through the Balkans. Tom, what are your thoughts about the obstacles to address this serious issue? Well, I also served as a prosecutor for about 10 years, and in and, and that time I worked in Medicaid fraud, and my observation was that if somebody was, and this is primarily against institutions, elder care facilities, group homes, etc., if somebody was stealing less than about half a million dollars a year, we couldn't get the FBI to give a darn. We, we literally couldn't get them to care. And so it was the big fish that we were able to go after and prosecute and eliminate. Now, the dollar is still knock on wood because we're amazing beneficiaries of this, the global reserve currency. While it is, we have amazing advantages in tracking down the big players. Global Magnitsky allows us to put financial sanctions not just on nation states, but on individuals who we can tie to illicit activities like human trafficking or drug trafficking. So all the tools are there. We need to have a prioritization to create that circumstance. But let me go back to exileseries.com for a moment. We, too, can do that as it relates to people who facilitate the murder and displacement of vast swaths of human population. So these are tools that we have. 
These are tools that we aren't using. These are tools that we should be using that are far short of putting young men and women, Americans in harm's way. They could really affect the difference. But the, the bottom line is, if we collectively as a society were to start looking at labels to see what was made in China, to, to see who was benefiting from human trafficking through the Balkans and other places, to see who was benefiting from the opium and heroin trade coming out of Afghanistan, we could make a difference. We don't know. Right. They say, oh, do you think you can crowdfund a project on this scale? ExileSeries.com. Yeah, we can. People don't know. I, I just don't believe that people would turn a blind eye on these things. So the government knows. Why isn't the government using those tools to crack down on things like human trafficking in the Balkans and weapons trafficking, etc.? I, I don't know. I think what we've done is said, well, if we put too much pressure here, they might not help us there. I reject that out of hand. The best example of that is during the Cold War, we invited Turkey into NATO because we needed to control the Bosphorus so that we could keep the Soviet Black Sea Fleet from getting warm water access to the Mediterranean. And so we turned a blind eye on the Turks as they literally made a law that said there's no such thing as a Kurd. Oh, well, we won't put any pressure on them. I believe that if we'd said, look, guys, we want to be your allies because it was bipolar world, right? The U.S. and Soviet Union. We want to be your allies, but we're not going to turn a blind eye on this, on this illicit activity, this, this oppression of your minorities. Um, so you're going to need to do something about that, that they'd have done both. I really do. I think the world is the same right now. The bipolar world is the U.S. and, and, and China. Um, if we wait too long, we're going to lose the ability to put this pressure there, and it will be bad outcomes because the cost won't be measured in dollars. It will be measured in blood. Tom, Natasha and I have seen this extraordinary trailer that you and your team members have put together on this documentary series called Exile. Uh, for our listeners, we want to encourage our listeners to uh, basically seek out this video online. Uh, it's called Exile. And uh, just look for the documentary series Exile with the name Tom Garrett. Uh, former Congressman Tom Garrett is working on a new documentary series Exile. He's working with Matt Whitworth, the documentary filmmaker known for HBO's The Swamp. And uh, this particular trailer was actually featured on Fox News and CBN News and other broadcast media groups as well. And Tom, how can our fellow Americans join you and support this endeavor? Yeah, thank you, Joel. And, and thank you, Natasha. ExileSeries.com. And, and, and we're crowdfunding it. It's very hard to give more more than a certain amount on a credit card, which is kind of how crowdfunding works. There are links to reach out to us. If you have a listener who is independently wealthy, we're literally looking for people to give producer credits to based on support. That is that they would become a producer of the film. Um, but it's exileseries.com. Again, go watch because this is not like, it's not Tom saying, hey, this is good stuff. Every single studio we've taken it to is like, oh, this is great, but can you do it without talking bad about China? And again, we're doing it via crowdfunding because Hollywood and corporate America won't make this movie because they've chosen money over human life. So ExileSeries.com, if you're able to give more than you can via the link at ExileSeries.com after you watch the world-class trailer, you can reach out to us. We're looking for help. If we tell these Stories. If we shine a light, the roaches will scatter, right? Roaches play in the darkness. And so that's what we think we can do here by telling these stories through this docuseries, exileseries.com. And any help would be greatly appreciated. If you can't give, share the links on your social media. If you can't give and you don't have social media, pray for us. I've been into three of the seven state sponsors of terror and spent the night just for the reason this costs so much is we're not filming in Cleveland guys. I mean, it's $20,000 a head for eight days of kidnapping and ransom insurance just in Syria last time we looked. So this is expensive, but it's also important. And 
truly, we can make a difference if we inform people of what's going on around the world. I don't think that we'll stand for it. We'll demand that our leaders make different decisions. And in so doing, we will save lives. And what is more important than that? Tom Garrett served in the U.S. Congress. He is a U.S. Army veteran working on this new documentary series, Exile. Tom, we certainly appreciate your principal leadership and your continued work in exposing the persecution that people are facing across the world, those on the religious and ethnic fronts. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for all that you're doing. Godspeed, my friend, and uh, we pray for safety as you travel into these very difficult places, and we encourage our listeners Uh, to support Tom and his team uh, through this project, The Exile Series. Thank you, Tom. God bless you guys, and God bless your listeners. We We can make this world better. We just have to engage. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lanza Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Laden Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest hosts and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.